shed the days like skin Pray for evenings in Hold their hands in the street When you walk them off to school A box too full to shut Cardboard paper cut The bleeding edge of a picture Of your parents when they were cool Welcome to Edu Matters, where education matters. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. And now, here are your hosts, Christy Vincent and Brian Brueger. Welcome to the Edu Matters Podcast, Episode 5, 180 Days Down, from May 29, 2012. I am your host, Christy Vincent. Tonight, we are joined by my co host, Brian Brueger the Element Open producer, Mark Cockrell, and our special guest this week, Krista Scott. Welcome, Krista. Welcome. Thank you. Principal Cinco. Paul, welcome, people. <laughs> she just welcomed us to our own show. That was awesome. That's right. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Principals are good like that. Krista is a first-year principal, and we cannot wait to hear all about her exciting past 180 days and what that looks like. From her perspective, we also often hear from the teacher perspective. And we're going to look back over the past school year. Those lessons learned, stumbling blocks, and we're going to celebrate some successes. With my little tidbit of we're not going to become stagnant over the summer. And speaking of not becoming stagnant over the summer, my child, I thought I would give her a summer reading list. I don't know if they still do that regularly or not, but I thought she needed a summer reading list. So we brought, bought her the Hunger Games trilogy. She's in fourth grade going into fifth. They came in right at two weeks ago. She handed me the third one this morning and said, I'm done. Okay, so now I need more for her reading list. <laughs> so I ask you, is it more important to keep her reading or for her to conquer the task? Conquer the task? Yeah, of reading, which... She accomplished, obviously. Oh, no. I won't. I can't stop her from reading. This is the, the child <laughs> that is up at one in the morning and I walk in her room. She has the, the blanket over her head and I see a light. Miriam, light goes out. She lays down. What are you doing, <laughs> small child? Not reading. <laughs> you know, there's a great pin out there on Pinterest. It's a blog post of 25 series or books. If your kids like Hunger Games, don't you? <sighs> See, now I have to go find that. Another reason to get on Pinterest. Just what I there needed. There you go. Just get her into any of the uh, Robert Heinlein science fiction novels. That'll keep her busy for a year. Those, those series are like 15 volumes long. How long? How many pages is each volume? Oh, anywhere between 750 and 1,000. That might keep wow. her busy. In not exactly, I read a magazine Not exactly once. kid reading, though. Mm. <laughs> you read a magazine once was it on flipboard <laughs> um i didn't know those actually, magazines had actually words, that's where so i spend my time now, now yes <laughs> see i never liked to read in school and i think it just has to go do with the uh the add-ness you know if i can't see the beginning and the end of the article at the same time it's too long and i just can't focus that long so magazines or blog postings and things like that I read lots of them now and read for a living, if you will, um, being in technology. But a novel just can't do it. 
that's a point I've made many times. I, people uh, criticize me for not reading. I say, what, what was the last book you read? I don't know, seven or eight years ago. So you don't read? Of course I do. I read all day, every day. Absolutely. It's just my work. It's not my pleasure. Absolutely. Yep. And I mean, the last book I read was the last book I was told I had to read in whatever class I was in. And I couldn't tell you what the book was. So obviously it was not very impactful. However, I can tell you about the last blog article or the thing like that that I've learned via reading. So I'm also not much of a movie watcher because I feel like I'm wasting my time. I could be doing something else. So I read blog articles while we watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Multitasker, multitasker. And he's drinking so I can continue to say other things. You don't have water today, Brian. We're going to no. derail this right now. What are you drinking today? I am drinking vitamin C. <laughs> are you not well? The Well, with my long day today, um, getting started at the, you know, crack of 4 a.m. It, uh, it, I just, it wasn't feeling good. So I decided to forego water for extra vitamin C. We'll feel so better soon. I'm drinking I'm orange, but I will not stop drinking. I'm waiting for you to say time. things like Pearson. I don't say and these other, types of words anymore. <laughs> and other names. <laughs> so you're not the only one with a long day. Tell us, Krista, what's the typical day of a of a first year principal? I'm sure you show up at nine and leave at two thirty, right? Oh, exactly. The biggest thing I figured out this year is there's no such thing as a typical day. So that's been the interesting world of the life we live. Um one day it can consist of paperwork. Yesterday I was getting ready for graduation and my seniors were asking what I was going to do and they pulled a prank on me during graduation. Um, some days we have board meetings. Some days we deal with discipline. So it can be a wide variety of things because I work in a very small, small school district. I get to play counselor and principal and 504 coordinator in a wide variety of things. So it's fun. Right now my technology director's out. So I've added that to my hat until our technology director starts in a couple of weeks. There's not much to do in technology, so that that should be pro no problem at all. Yeah, it's and summer job, is usually right? a really slow time for techs, so uh, that won't be <laughs> yeah, a big deal. No big deal, right? Just hang out, drink your coffee, that's it, right? Absolutely. There you go. And, and wait for somebody to come ask us a question. Oh, y'all love that. <laughs> my favorite still is my monitor won't work, and my first question was, is it plugged in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have, you have definitely succeeded at the job of tech director. <laughs> <laughs> now, Krista, what is, what is that one thing that you wish, now that you're a principal, that you wish you knew about principals when you were a teacher? 
Oh my, I haven't been a teacher for a few years. I think the biggest thing that I struggle with is a lot of times people frown on the decisions administration makes or they don't agree with it and they talk about it in the back channels, in the workroom, wherever, but they're a lot of times afraid to ask. And a lot of times once they understand the reason we make the decisions we do, then they're a lot more understanding and open to what we're trying to do and have a better vision for the reason we make the decisions we do and that we really are trying to do what's in the best interest and not make everybody's life harder. So you weren't in the teaching position, quote unquote, right before you became a principal. What were you doing? Give us a, a brief overview of your, your past experiences. Okay. I spent five years um, teaching business classes, technology classes, um, accounting, marketing, te uh, computer classes, stuff like that. And then after leaving that, I did instructional technology for a year and a half at the district level and was working on a grant, spending some time presenting with TEA and doing some stuff like that and got to go work at the service center, education service center for a while doing instructional technology. And so that's where I've been the last couple of years, enjoyed that, but realized very quickly it was not time to leave kids for me. I enjoy being around the students and the teachers and wanted to be able to implement the things I believe in and see if they really did make a difference. So that's kind of what led me back onto a campus and running a campus and probably where I belong for a little bit. But are you enjoying it? I absolutely love it. It allows me to be challenged in many different ways, involved in technology still, but actually getting to try to put that in the hands of the kids, which is one of my passions. I'm getting my doctorate in instructional technology. I'm writing my dissertation right now. Um, it also allows me to try to make a difference for the kids. I don't work with very affluent kids of course we always have some but it lets me make a difference in the lives of kids that need help and i get to work with teachers i have a lot of young teachers on my staff and help them grow and it's just coincidental today we all know the bad word is standardized testing we got our tax scores back and my juniors passed 100 percent across the board all subjects so big celebration in the office today well, we're glad you came to us on a happy note. We like happy. Exactly. Oh, we do too. <laughs> now, do you guys ever feel torn between our feelings about testing before the test and then the level of celebration after the test? You know, my thoughts on testing are not always the most popular. I do believe in accountability a little bit and the pressure that leads up to it because we as humans won't always do what we're expected to do if there's not a reason to do it. We all know that, right? I would love to lay down and take a nap every afternoon instead of be at work. But um, so I do believe there's a little bit of reason for accountability. The one of sure. the things I've also said, though, for example, a neighboring school lost one of their students the night before testing this year. The state will never be able to look back and say, oh, those students were mourning and had to walk in and take that test. They found out when they got to school and got stuck in a room to take a test. So there's some pros and cons and um, different feelings on pressure. But it was very rewarding to pull my juniors in today, threaten them with summer school, talk to them about retesting, and then look at them and say, Oh, but don't worry about it because you don't have to be here. So. <laughs> I love the fact that you did it that way. 
Yeah. <laughs> they cried and Show screamed. them up, make them scared. Yes. <laughs> That's the American Idol method. They exactly. get everybody in a room and threaten them and tell them that you can only, that it's so tight and not everybody can go. And then, oh, by the way, you're in. I'm not going <laughs> to mention that we're missing the finale show to be here with you tonight. I ain't missing nothing. It's on DVR. Exactly. Mine's but I can't even get on Twitter right anymore? now. <laughs> the people who, you know, make it a social affair. I'm on Twitter with my people and American Idol's on. And I can't even check my tweets right now. Something wrong oh. here. Okay, yeah. back to our guest. Sorry, Krista. It's so okay. what are some lessons that you have learned from this year as a first-year principal? Oh, man. Um, number one, always dress in layers. I will say that's probably my hardest lesson learned. Um, that comes from being a secondary principal and living in West Texas. It's cold one minute, hot the next, and then freezing the next. We never know between that. Um, beyond that, probably the biggest thing I would tell anybody is always take care of the most important person in the school, and that's going to be your secretary. Make sure she knows she's cared for or he, and make sure you take care of them so they can take care of you because they're the one that has to filter a lot of stuff in and out of your office. Amen. Right. <laughs> we all Note know the secretary self. runs the place at every school. Um, I say that every day, and she denies it, but um, it's true. It's true. Okay, so if you could provide a brand new principal three pieces of wisdom, what would they be? Um, the first one is going to be focus on what matters. When you could have walked into my desk last week, actually, I had an interviewee walk in. I was determined to get to school that day and clean my desk off and make it look pretty so that she would get a good impression of our school when she came in to interview. However, um, being a principal happened. She walked in. I had piles everywhere and um, things scattered. We're in the middle of an interview. A student walks up at my door and looks at me with puppy eyes. And I said, I'm sorry. Hold on. I taught them that if they need me, I'll always stop for them. So I stopped and I opened the door and talked to them. And then we get back into the interview. And in a minute, there's a teacher standing there with puppy dog eyes. I said, I'm sorry, I always stop for them also. And so I stopped and answered the door and talked to my teacher for a minute. And I told her, I said, you're going to get craziness sometimes if you come around here. But my students and teachers come first, my paperwork comes second. And so um, you've just got to really focus on what matters for th the school. And that's always going to be the kids and your teachers. The second one is to be present. One of the things I work very hard to is to always be there for my kids and my teachers. I kind of alluded to that. I try to greet my kids every morning as they're walking in the building and any parents that come in, I try to talk to them. And that's very important. I always try to tell people this is kind of a community service position. It's not just um, doing the paperwork and making sure we get the scores. We've got to make people feel welcome. I was out for a few weeks in the fall due to a health issue. And the one thing I went to a basketball game to watch my son play, several of my students came up and said, Miss Scott, we miss you meet greeting us every morning. And I just think that that's really important because when people feel appreciated and welcome in your school, they're going to work harder for you. The third one is to always have an open door. I, these all kind of wrap in together, but um, I always tell my staff and my students, I'm always open for ideas to make the school better. We want to keep 
improving. We don't ever want to stagnate. And one of the things I'm most excited about adding next year actually came to me from a teacher. I wasn't exactly sure how I wanted to handle it. So I sat down with her and a couple other teachers and we molded it and made it ours. So we took an idea she got from another school and attending a workshop and we've really made it our own. And we're looking forward to see what the results are at the end of next school year. And those would be my top three. They sound like they would be good for pretty much any profession, profession though, even teaching. <laughs> they're laughing exactly. because they're watching me sneeze. Because I think even as teachers, you know, we, we do get lost in the paperwork and the ARDS and the meetings and the red tape and the, did this come in? Did that go out? And we sometimes you know, could theoretically lose sight of our kids and, you know, our duty to teach. And I've always been a big fan of teachers who, you know, greet their students. We see them every single day. And it is so easy to basically take advantage of that time with them of, you know, we don't have to say hello. We, I mean, they know we're here. Why do we have to tell them hello? I, I know of a teacher who, you know, she'll pick random days and she shakes everybody's hand when they come in the door. And that's, that's, you know, that's powerful. That's good to sit down. And then do have an open door. I don't know why it irks me. I, I, I really have no idea why. It irks me to no end for the teachers who never come out of their room. They're always in there and the door is always shut. 90% of the time it's locked. I'm like, right. really? You just, you need to put up that cold, hard wall all the time. Really, really? But I think the same thing could go for any profession. I mean, guys, jump in. With Do you think those are valid even to a position that's more, quote-unquote, behind the scenes? I, I sure do. Um, and I'd particularly say, you know, in some of the technical areas, um, it's difficult to work on some tasks that are very linear tasks and require you to do them in timely matters and you know things like that and so sometimes you can be getting into a task and when that task is interrupted you know you're on step 37 and you have to go back to step 21 and then redo 21 through 37 again just to catch back up um but i think you know we also need to try to you know that I, that's why tech guys work at all hours of the day and night because sometimes that's the only time we can accomplish those tasks in in a manner that you know that works. I know today my day my door was locked most of the day. Um not because I didn't want to talk to people, but because I had to put together a last minute presentation. And um so I was working with our, you know, our communications person and our head of school and you know, just had our nose is down most of the day. Um, but in technology, if you can afford the, the staffing, I think it's a good thing to at least always have someone on the staff available so that you can address those issues um, if it's not yourself. And I really like, um, Krista, you said something to the extent that you're embracing a new idea that came from a teacher. And 
And that's important. We've got to change. We've got to give others ideas and ownerships of what we're doing in our schools. And having that policy, I mean, you know, oh, I'm just a teacher. What do I know? Or what difference can I make? But being able to bring that and make a change district-wide, that's, that's important and that's powerful for anyone. Same thing goes with you guys out in, in tech land, you know. If, if the teachers feel like you're making all the decisions without any of their input at all, you know, it just doesn't work. They've kind of kind of lost that loving feeling, you know. I still had American <laughs> Idol on the train. They want to take part and participate. And even teachers, sometimes we need to hear from our, all the time, we need to hear from our parents and our students and let them have input in their ideas. It just makes it a, a better environment for all, I think. What say ye, Miss Principal? I agree with that. There's a lot of um, leeway in giving teachers some input. I do think it helps with better buy-in. It goes the same way with the students. No, we can't always do everything everybody says, but if we can give them a reason why or kind of what we're thinking, then we have a better reason for what we're doing and help them understand better. And they all need that understanding because sometimes it was like you were saying, they don't always get it. I think that was one of your, your ahas, your epiphanies as being a first year principal. Well, okay, I, I know that that decision was made, but I completely don't understand why it was made. And when you get to be a part of that process, you go, oh, now I get it. And we, we right. see that across the board. You know, you see it with your teachers. The tech people see it with the district. We see it with our kids. If we just tell the kids, no, 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 yes, 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 this is what you're going to do, then, you know, they're, they're not going to have the buy-in. I think that's a great, great way to put it. I think that you're right on there. And I do agree with what you said. That happens in many professions. We do have to go around with what we learn and what's best and everything like that and allow people to have buy-in and say in what they do because it does improve the culture, the climate, the morale of everything that you do. Yeah, don't worry about it, Krista. We're a family-friendly network here. She's she's trying to be all professional with a five-year-old hanging off of her. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's Is my that fourth. Possible? I have four children. That's she's actually three, about to be four. Okay. And I have three boys, and that's my little princess. Three boys. Bless you. No wonder you can be a principal. Bless you, that's everyone. Right. Wouldn't you hate to have to go to school and your mom be principal every day? <laughs> so, do you want me to tell you my funny on my son? Please. My oldest, my oldest son is in sixth grade, and we had an awards assembly um, last week. And of course, I have to run it. I'm his junior high principal. I do junior high and high school, and um, we call up his, call him up, and his friends are hooping and hollering and stuff. And I said, "Good job, Kagi," as he's walking off and called him by his nickname, and he turned so red. And I thought I was just gonna be dead when I got home. Obviously, I, I am still alive. I thought for sure you were going to say you kissed him on stage or something like that. Not yet. I'm sure my day will come. Maybe at graduation. So I have That's a question sweet. for you, Krista. Yes, you're, sir. Uh, you're what, uh, a week and a half shy of finishing your first uh, year as a principal, right? No, sir. A day and a half. Oh, excuse me. A day and a half. Yes. Um, okay. So you're a day and a half away. 
would you do it again? Knowing now what what you know, would you have gone back a year and told yourself, "Don't do this," or would you, oh, or would you do it again? Absolutely not. I'm already jumping at the bit for next year. I'm very excited about the staff we've hired to replace the ones we're unfortunately losing, and um, planning constantly new ideas, new directions. How can we improve? We're in a kind of a different situation than a lot of schools and our school exists a lot off transfers. And so everything we do is very important and people coming in and wanting to be part of our school and wanting to be part of our success. And um, like I said, just a lot of things going on. We're revamping our website, looking at redoing our technology infrastructure and building in some new classes. The last few years, the teachers sometimes didn't know what they were going to teach until they came back in August. And I've already told them not what period, but what subject they're going to teach next year so that they can start planning and getting part of that excitement. But absolutely, I would do it all over again next year, last year. Sometimes I wish I would have done it two years ago, but I wouldn't forgo the experiences I've had. And we've we've talked about the whole first time, the first year experience in different contexts on the show before that it's. You never get the first time again. You only get to be a first-year principal exactly one time. You can be a principal for 30 years, but you only get the first year one time. And, you know, you have all the other years. But that first year, I think those those lessons that you've learned, teachers' first year, principals' first year, blogging first year, whatever it is, that first-time experience, I think it's really important to reflect on that and say, this is what I did and this is what I learned and, and here's how I'm better because of that. So have you had any profound reflections? You know, part of it is I have definitely had to had to keep my joy. A couple of weeks into school, one of my coaches walk in and says, Will you smell this shoe? Mind you, it's high school athletic period. Um, no, sir, I'm not smelling a shoe. And he said, No, I need you to smell this shoe for me. And I said, not so much. I'm not smelling in a boy's athletic shoe. And we go back and forth, back and forth. I leave him in my office, walk out, go around the corner because I think, okay, for sure the coaches are pranking me. The athletic director's out here. They're waiting. This is fixing to be a big joke. Nobody's out there. So I started off, um, yeah, smelling in the shoe. Spent one week, four trips to the ER with students. Um, One of my teacher's husbands called and rolled his truck. We didn't know if he was alive or hurt or anything. We just knew he'd been in a bad car accident. He was alive and he was well. Um, But, I mean, just so many ups and downs. But there's also so many things. One of the things I've done this year that I think is going to help me a lot is I've stopped along the way. Through all the fun and all the joys, I've also stopped and written down things. Oh, I don't like the way we do this. Or, oh, wow, Krista, that was a bust. And I have a folder and then I have a spot in our student handbook of everything I want to revamp this year or that I need to address next year to do differently. So I think that there's... You, you're right. Make sure I don't have the excuse. Well, I've never done this before, so let me try again. Um, But I do have tried to learn and try to put some good systems in place and we'll continue to try to do that next year i'm very open with my teachers they always see where i put my suggestions and stuff maybe it'll help some of them along the way so the next time that a teacher's 
significant other roles a vehicle, you, you won't be so stressed about that. It's like, oh, I've done this before. <laughs> I don't know. That was a pretty scary day. Um, I wouldn't let her drive because we didn't know, like I said, anything. And I didn't know what call she was going to get between here. And we're pretty rural. I didn't know between the hour it was going to take her to get to him, what we were going to find out. And so we just hit the road and we went and talked and tried to joke along the way. The good news is, like I said, we got there. He looked pretty beat up. He was on a backer board. It looked pretty grim when we got there. And within a couple hours, we were driving him back to town with us and he was fine. So, but we've definitely had our ups and downs, but it, I, it's worth it. It's definitely doable. And I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. All right, I have a question. Yes, sir. What does a principal do? I mean, we all know what a principal is supposed to do. What does right. a principal really do? <laughs> what is we all principal? have it in our mind what we think a principal is supposed to do. Right. Um, you know, we all, we're always seen as the big, big bad guy. We're the one that has to hand out the discipline, give out ISS. Um, luckily, I don't give licks, but some of them do. We're always seen as that person. But it's so much more. I mean, my job ranges from I'm in charge of making sure the flag goes up in the morning to going down and doing lunch duty and making sure our kids remain somewhat calm during lunch during basketball season because I'm junior high and high school I worked four nights of basketball games a week um but it's also the kid that couldn't see and couldn't afford glasses and we figured it out and went in as a community and bought him glasses and we come across through testing time and he's my only student with two commended subjects and last year he failed several classes and so it's it ranges from a wide variety um like i said because i'm in a small school district my Mine carries a little bit of a heavier load. I help look for scholarships for my seniors. I help them get enrolled in school for college. I use my teachers to help me do some of the stuff I can't do. Um, I don't, there's no like really set definition you could give for a principal. You just do what you have to do. And my number one job, in my opinion, is to take care of my kids. And if I'm doing that, everything else will fall into place. You could have just said, I don't know. Yeah, that too. I still haven't <laughs> figured it all out. That was on the job description as other duties as they miraculously pop up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I haven't had to clean up throw up yet, so we're all good. That's why I do secondary. I heard that um, the glitter is more fun in elementary, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, um, we we have some fun. We play pranks and play jokes on each other. My ag teacher's been dying to get me, and every time I go out in his shop, he's what my students call CDO, which is OCD in alphabetical order. And um, we go through and we mess with his office every time I go in. I turn his pictures backwards. It drives him nuts, but he screwed up early on, and he said, I can't play pranks on you. You're my principal. You could fire me. So um yeah we have fun we try to do some fun things now in the chat room they're asking a question and i will kindly pass it along <laughs> and it is being principal in a small town what is your role within the community 
You know, when you asked if I would do it all over again, when I moved to this small community a year ago, I was scared to death because I didn't know, you know, we're moving to a small community. It's not like you've got your work community and then your friend community. It's all in one. And I didn't know where my place was going to be. I didn't know if I could be friends with some of my teachers and then still take me serious professionally. I didn't know how it was going to work with students out to discipline at school coming over as my children's friends and wanting to hang out and go swimming with us and go on vacation with us and stuff like that. I didn't know if I was going to be expected to go to church somewhere or if I was going to be able to make my own choices and do what I wanted to do. And really and truly, we've been very blessed and it's all worked out. But it is, um, I do carry a little of extra weight because I think it's important, not because I'm forced to, to try to make sure that um, I am the same person no matter where I am. Yes, you might see me in um, t-shirts and flip-flops as much as I can get away with when I'm out in the community. And I may not ever see, look like that at the school, but I want them to see that I'm the same person wherever I am. But that's a great question. I'd like to give a shout out for flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt. Me here, too. Here. I just bought me two new pairs of flip-flops to wear at a principal conference. <laughs> we actually had our... Um, our annual meeting tonight and you know it's the day where everybody gets dressed up and we hear about the school and all that kind of good stuff and i thought it was kind of hilarious that our pe teacher um he said well i thought about putting on my nice dressy shorts <laughs> but instead he went with jeans he felt like that was a step up from the dressy shorts <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious <laughs> The ag teacher, the coaches, and the computer guys can get away with that. (laughs) Because they need it for their job. That's right. So while we're all wandering around in shorts and flip-flops this summer, what are you suggesting for your teachers? We don't want them to become stagnant. and We don't hand out summer reading lists. So what do you tell your teachers for professional development over summer? One of the things we do is we require our teachers to do two days of professional development. And for that, I'm suggesting that they go to, we use education service centers here in Texas. So I require, I suggest they go look and see what they're offering. And because of Project Share, which is also an initiative in Texas, some of them are going to start doing them online, which is a little bit different. One of the things I'm, trying to work with some of my teachers and get incorporated um some this year some next is some of the stuff y'all alluded to earlier reading blogs is so important there's so much to be found and i'm not gonna lie i've never been an elementary teacher but i pin elementary stuff on pinterest because i've noticed some of the elementary teachers from the other end of the building they're going and they're pinning stuff but what happens when they do that is they get onto a blog and then they end up finding neat ideas and getting deeper and deeper and so I think there's a lot to be said for blogging because you're getting to see what's happening actually in the real world and I wasn't a Pinterest fan at first but man it just gets cooler every day um there's some other things I always have my favorite websites I used to do um, professional development all the time, and that was some of the things I got to do often, and 
Christy, you've alluded to Twitter today. Twitter is one of my favorites. I'm not as active on it right now as I usually am. This year's kind of rocked my world with the hours that I work and trying to be as good as I want to be and also try to maintain my 4.0 in my doctoral program. It's been kind of rough, but we're getting there. Um, so I've kind of not been as active, but Twitter's always excellent. EduPLN um, is an educator's personal learning network. It's a Ning site that has lots of great educators that hang out and they collaborate on information. Edutopia is always an excellent site that has um, professional development topics, ideas, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different things. My biggest thing is you've got to start tapping into social media and what's out on the web. I've said a lot for a long time, for many years, I've mentioned a couple times tonight, I'm all the way through my doctoral program except for my dissertation. I've passed my qualifying exam. I'm literally in the dissertation phase and then I will be done. And I've learned more online from meeting people like Christy and some of the other people that are out there because we can share. When I'm struggling with the topic and I don't know how to do it and I can't find what I need on the internet, I throw it out there and usually I don't get one response. I get five or ten responses responses and I've built good friendships with people all over the world um I've gotten to talk to a girl from Germany multiple times about things that are going on in education and because I'm so fascinated and really making a difference and really improving education that stuff is really exciting to me but what I think we're starting to see is teachers are catching on to that excitement and all the possibilities out there so all you gotta do is get on and google your topic and you can do math blogs math teacher blogs and just keep changing your search words until you find what you want and they'll find amazing things out there i would venture to say that you're a little passionate about that subject do you think <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we are we are all big um, social media fans. We've never we've never said different. We've never hidden that. Um, two days. Wow, I think our teachers are required something like four days or, or something like that. But it's it's going to be a little different depending on your district, of course. So everyone kind of has their own idea. For those teachers who are out there searching for a job, you know, for some of us, it's still hiring time, or they just found out they're not coming back, or whatever, with budgets being the way they are. What are principals looking for for a teacher? What can I do to set myself apart and really become that person that's going to get the job? Right. One of the things that I do, and I don't know, I've been told I'm a little different more than once, but when I was going through trying to do hiring this year, first of all, your resume has got to look good. No questions about it. It has got to look good. Um. When I got, we had it where they could apply through a website, but they also had my email address. I was really impressed with the ones that took the initiative to shoot me an email and go ahead and throw their resume in and just tell me why they wanted an interview. No, I didn't get to interview all of them. No, it didn't work for every one of them. But you can start seeing a little bit of personality, and personality is so important. You need to mesh. You need to have the same philosophies with the educators you're working with. And um, 
one of the things that I've always questioned is they tell you not to give references. At least this is what I learned in the College of Business, which is where I started out. Don't put references. Put references as requested. Well, I'm sorry. In education, it's a small world, and we want to know who you know that thinks you're good. So it's always good to go ahead and throw your references out there. If you get the opportunity to interview, know what you're interviewing for. Know what you're passionate about, where you stand. Be able to talk about all facets of your classroom. Don't just talk about, well, star, we know star's here. Yes, yeah, star's important, but there's so much to get ready for star. You need to be able to talk about your classroom management, what your beliefs are. Um, make sure you can back up what you're talking about one of the questions we all know i'm a technology geek that's always killed me is when i say how do you use technology in your classroom well i use a data projector every day okay but how do you integrate technology into your classroom i turn the and lights so, on every day when i walk through the door <laughs> and i turn them off when i leave right <laughs> But it's just so important, and it, this is one time in your life it's okay to brag on yourself, and I will be the first to say I love to brag on my school, and I love to brag on my students, and I love to brag on my teachers, but you'll see if you go back to the Google Doc you sent me, I wouldn't tell you much about me. Um, this is a time that you really have to put yourself out there and say, this is who I am, and this is what I'm capable of, and this is what I believe, and this is what I want in my classroom. I, I do have one quick uh, follow-up question. You said you said it twice. Your resume has to look good. What does that mean? What is a what is a good-looking resume? I've seen some that it looked like somebody said, "Oh, I think I want to apply there," and they just threw one together, and um, it just they don't have to be pretty. I don't know that that's really the word, but they were just really blank of information. You know, I've taught here from here to here and I taught these subjects and that's it. Well, if that's all you've done for education and shown up and taught your subject, I really don't have much use to talk to you. I want to know what you've done for your kids or what you've done for your school. What makes you a viable candidate over the other 30 applicants I have? What makes me want to spend time with you in the three or inter four interviews I'm going to grant? Um, it's always great. Google, Google, Google. Go to Google and search for other people's resumes or in education. Education, sometimes you want to look for what's called a curriculum vita, V-I-T-A or V-I-T-A-E. Um, that's more prominent in um, college level, but I have seen it a lot in secondary, high school, junior high, and I've seen some awards starting to ask for that rather than a resume, which will also tell if you've ever gone and presented somewhere like TCEA or a conference somewhere, or it'll tell them what professional development you've gone through. But really just take a time to show where, again, where you stand, what you're passionate about, why you should be looked at as a teacher. I would add to that as somebody who's hired in the people in the tech area, be capable of writing complete sentences that make sense. <laughs> um, and you'd be amazed, you know, how many of them don't <laughs> when you're, when you're reading, you know, I read through a cover letter and I would suggest if you're actually going to be submitting a cover letter, do a dramatic reading or have somebody else do a dramatic reading of your cover letter. 
because it will bring out things that either are extremely repetitious or odd or weird um, that you tend to just kind of read through because you wrote it on your own. So be able to write and present yourself in writing well, even if it means, you know, send it out to a bunch of people that, you know, you know, will be honest with you and, and beat you up over it because it'll make a difference, you know, because if you can't write, then why would we want you to teach that to our children? You take away odd and weird. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is spell check. It's an easy button to push. (laughs) You don't even have to push the button. It does it for you. Do you you Google the people who are interviewing for you? Do you look them up on their social media? You know, sometimes I do. Um, I do a pretty thorough check, and I do it before they even walk in my door. I can usually tell you if somebody stands a chance before they even walk in my door. Um, I do actually check all their references because, yes, I know they're giving me the top of the line, but I also know that um, I can still pick out the things I want to know. Usually, my favorite thing to do in an interview is casually talk to them, usually because of the area we live in. Somebody will pop up that I know that's not on their reference list. As soon as they walk out the door, I'm calling that person. Okay, can you tell me anything? Are you willing to give me the scoop? Um, I'll go look at their website, their school website always, and see if they have a teacher webpage. And if they do, what does it look like? What can I find out from that? So, yes, I try to spend some time looking and seeing what I can tell about them and what they do and who they are before I decide if I want to hire them. Now, mind you, I've only hired a couple people as teachers. I've done some in other fields and other positions, but this is my first time around, so we'll see how successful I am next year. I think I did awesome, but we'll see. <laughs> now, I how, love the vote of you, confidence. How do, you, how do you evaluate that degree of awesomeness? Are you um, doing that on test scores or performance or i'm not gonna say test scores aren't important because they are when you work off transfers people want their kids to go to good schools um but no i don't and one of the questions i ask in an interview is what do you think you're here to teach are you here to teach your subject obviously what else are you here to teach and the reason i ask that question is because we grow up sometimes in education that our parent that parents think we should have to raise their children for them but sometimes we're the best thing a kid sees all day and i need to know are they going to be here to help teach our kids respect are we going to be here to teach them how to show up and be on time and be prepared for the workforce are we going to teach them compassion and patience or are we going to be grouchy and inconsistent and rude or disrespectful to them and so those are some of the things that I think you have to look for. Here's my distraction again. (laughs) (laughs) She's fine. Thank you so much. That is all very helpful from tips for principals to getting hired to social media. I think you covered it all, Krista. Great. Krista. (laughs) I think that should be the voiceover to introduce her, Mark. Can you edit that in? I don't know. 
<laughs> so thank you so much for being with us. We generally just wrap up the show with a teacher tip and a tech tip of the week. Being this late in the year, those may start to dwindle a little bit as we all become even more exhausted, but that is okay. A word we have said more than once tonight is Twitter. That's our teacher tip for the week. It's summertime. That doesn't make it okay to become stagnant or, or lose connections and let yourself fall away. Join a PLN if you don't have one. Twitter is my fave, twitter.com, and easy to sign up. And Brian, if someone wanted to reach us via Twitter, how would that happen? We, we do have Twitter accounts. Um, we use them on occasion. And that occasion happens daily. Um, well, we can, uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Christy at Christy underscore Vincent. You can find me at Brugger. And of course, if you'd like to find us for any other um, contact information or feedback or anything like that, and we have gotten some good feedback um, recently, so we really appreciate that. But um, the best place to do that is at elementop.com. And while you're there, please feel free to um, check out a number of the other podcasts we have and um, also say a th- uh, congratulations on the 100th recorded show. Under the Tightwad Tech moniker. Thank you. Thank you. So That's congratulations our, to our Sean. flagship show that we started uh, just over two years ago. We hit the 100 mark. So thanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Elementopi.com or, of course, via Twitter at Elementopi, at Burger, at Christy underscore Vincent. And that is all. So good night. Good night. Thank you. And good night.